Welcome, ladies and gents. The listener we might get, Carol Weber. Uh, hey, Mom. <laughs> love you, Mom. Uh, Think Peace episode. I don't know how many episodes we've done, but uh, this one's about sports and traditions. And uh, we're on election eve 2020, so we thought this might be... <laughs> we thought this might so, be... Sorry, I passed out for a minute there. <laughs> the distraction yeah. that both we and uh, some of y'all might need as they sort through these ballots over the next days, weeks, and months. Um, Brennan, Dave, what's up, guys? How we doing? How's it going? I'm good. Is chewing ice frowned upon during this... Uh, podcast. It's probably podcast faux pas. We'll try to curb that. Definitely not encouraged. Uh, just, you know, just enough. fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we decided to talk about something that all three of us, I think, uh, it's fair to say, have um, a pretty vested interest in throughout our lives, and that is sports. Uh, being a sports fan and what that's meant to us. So uh, we're going to start by just talking about what our sports loyalties are and why they are what they are. So, you know, how we got to support those teams, uh, where those sort of influences came from, whether they were chosen um, or whether they were thrust upon us and never broken. So uh, Dave, hit us up, hombre. Who do you support college professionally? uh, And why do you support those teams? So I've always had four four teams, um, Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football, the Reds, and the Bengals. Um, and I, I honestly don't really remember much of early sort of Bengals and Reds history. I think, obviously, I just grew up around it, and that's where you're born, and they were the professional teams, and cursed by birth, as I always say, particularly yeah, with the Bengals. Yeah, you're one for four. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Kentucky football in many ways is similar. And and I honestly don't remember latching onto that one until I was probably in my mid-teens. But my first true love and still my true love is Kentucky basketball. And, Sorry, Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First and only. And strangely, um, I have a lot of memories from my youth in general. You know, you do. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, surprise, surprise. And I always remember I liked sports, and I vaguely remember watching some UK games from the '80s with like Ed Davender and some of those guys. But I don't really remember being sucked in until Jamal Mashburn came, like in the early '90s. So his first year in like 1990, I remember that team. Um, and then, like many other people, my addiction and love was sealed forever in that game against Duke in 92 when they lost. I mean, that was to this day, one of the most heartbreaking, probably the most heartbreaking sports experiences of my life. How many guys on that roster can you name? Oh, the Kentucky guys. Yeah. I mean, like down to like the the walk-ons. I can probably name most of them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know you can. Uh, Yeah, Um, it was, it was, it was an incredible game. I, I truly, I've watched it multiple times just because it's so good, but, that loss at the end just there's something about that like shared pain and experience that like keeps you coming back for more and i mean i was totally hooked it's always the pain isn't it yeah well, it is, oh, it is. like gambling or something yeah, yeah. um yeah, so my four teams and again i think um i don't know what it it's probably changed some over time but i think now it 
we can talk about this in a little bit, sort of what happens over the years, but it's definitely UK basketball, UK football, and then the Reds and Bengals way lower than that. So that's oh. where I began with my sports fan. So you're like into the exploitation of these <laughs> yes, yes, young yes. adults. Uh, you, you, gra- you gravitate, you gravitate towards that more. I wish. I mean, I wish com- compensation in general. I wish that the the boosters and the car dealerships could just pay them over the table instead of under the mm-hmm. table with people in between. I fully support uh, college athletes getting whatever the hell the market would bear, hundred percent. But until then, exploit <laughs> <laughs> away. I'm gonna be watching. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandon, hop in here. Uh, loyalties and where they where they come from i got some some redundancies there but uh but one that i've been into more than any for the last little while at the denver nuggets man um i kind of became an nba fan uh legitimately when when i was in arizona and i actually became a Suns fan which i know that i'm not supposed to like just willy-nilly pick up teams and change loyalties and and all that stuff but i feel like i got like a one-time like card that i played uh, where I get to do that for a sport. So, uh, and your hometown in, doesn't have. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't grow up with that's an NBA. not like hypocritical. Huh. Well, I mean, it is kind of switched loyalties. Like I was a, I was a, uh, full fledged Suns fan. You know, I was going to games up in Phoenix. I went to the Western oh, Conference yeah, final yeah. games. And then, you know, I moved to Denver and I became a Nuggets fan. Um, yeah. and I, I will admit it, it certainly is a draw when your team is at least competitive. Right. Um, and so the Nuggets have been for the last handful of years and they're getting more competitive and more fun to watch. Um, so it's certainly a fair weather aspect of it on my behalf there. Um, but I just really like, I don't know, I like the NBA game and basketball. And I know that uh, that's uh, a lot of people prefer the college game, but I don't know. Uh, NBA basketball is objectively better. I yeah. Mean, I mean, the, close. Oh. yeah, the, the talent's better. It's yeah. the, the game looks a lot different because of that. Right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The, by every metric, I think some people would err on the other side that like, and like college basketball because yeah. it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to make yeah. so many yeah. shots. And, so, not, and that can be more you know, fun to watch in, uh, in some ways for sure. But I, like yeah. in a massive one, one and done tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, man, Nuggets fan, it's cool. Um, and I don't know, man, just, uh, I'd I like, I like NBA ball. I think they did a good job handling this whole uh, plague that we got going on here yeah, for no the doubt. most part. Um, I think that those athletes are using their platform of fame and fortune pretty well these days to um, say whatever it is they want. You know, they're usually on kind of similar side as we are, I feel like. Um, but um, yeah, man, so that, that's like my main, uh, my main team you know, check back in a few years when they're shitty again. And uh, am I going to give a shit? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Dayton Flyers basketball fan too, but that's, that's also a little bit fair weather. Um, and was ultimately, no. ru- ultimately ruined this year. Uh, it's not only- fair weather. You went to school there. Yeah. But like the, the seasons where they're, they're, you know, not good. Yeah. I like, you know, I, I tune out. Man. I'm, not, I'm not trying to track down pirated feeds on Reddit or anything. I just go about my business and check the score at the end of the week. So uh, real quick, Brandon, though, you, I, I mean, so for you, you actually, as an adult, made a choice to become a fan of a team, right? Kind did, of. Did anything beyond proximity play into that? Um, 
You know, mostly proximity. I kind of feel like the team chose me, if you will. Um, <laughs> but um, and, 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 and sorry for them that, that they probably did, really. But, Who wants to be associated with this? But, uh, but you did hit you the Suns were that they were on a nice run there in the mid to late nineties, right? Yeah, man. And so they had an awesome team. And they were they were super fun to watch. They were. And, I was know, I remember rooting for them. Yeah, yeah man. It was Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire. Mike D'Antoni coached them. They're seven seconds or less. And Sean Marion and yeah, those guys. Yeah. Steve Nash is probably my favorite player of all time. Um you, and they were they were super when you got fun the long to watch. hair, you and, got some Steve Nash vibes going about you. Nashford, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that. That's amazing. Uh, uh, my illustrious cousins, the Hilts boys, uh, call me Nash for a lot of times. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, man, it was mostly proximity, and then just like I, I was, I don't know. I've kind of been into the NBA that whole time, and um, the Sun. Yeah, I moved. The Suns became really horrible. Uh, the Nuggets have kind of been up and down, but often fun to watch. They've always been decent, at least. I mean, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, You know, but now they're like, they got some players I really like, including your boy, Jamal Murray from Kentucky. Um, And uh, yeah, man, just fun to, I don't know. I feel like you're a part of something. Charlie raced in the, or no. Yeah. Lucy, Lucy raced in the baby crawling races uh, oh, at, at halftime. I think I saw uh, a video or something or something, uh, picture awesome. or something. There. How have I not seen video of that? That sounds. And, you know, I, I I wasn't there actually. I did, I was out of town for work, and it was like I, something I couldn't miss. So Haley and her sister took her, and uh, it was a little underwhelming. I have to tell you guys, uh, <laughs> it was cool for them to be on the court and all that stuff, which is super cool. But um, it was like a one baby race. Only one kid like moved off the starting line. So Lucy kind of shit her pants really. <laughs> Literally. That's what kids do. <laughs> so, uh, so that's some pretty fun sports stuff there though. Yeah. 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 No. Um, I, it's, I, to me, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think when we pick teams later on, so like Dave, UK football and basketball, um, Reds and Bengals. And those are because of my dad, family, uh, proximity, you know, location where we grew up. So we're geographically shackled to these teams, the professional teams, um, for better or worse. Uh, and I was always loyal to that. You know, I've never jumped NFL teams or, or major league baseball teams. Not that I've lived in a place that, that I could have done that. You, you should think about it though. No, I mean, Lexington I, legends, I mean, baby. I mean, I, I absolutely, <laughs> if I was of sound mind and body would have done that a long time ago. Right. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. But, um, you know, I can honestly say since my son was born, I have not sat down and watched even an entire quarter of a Bengals game. Um, I have not watched a Major League Baseball game in its entirety since probably a decade ago. So um, that I wasn't at. Uh, and the, then I probably didn't watch it in the whole <laughs> I probably left early anyway. Um, or was drunk and, you know, whatever. But <laughs> peanuts, you know. <laughs> Yeah, chowing down hot dogs, getting That's gag right. reflux, and it <laughs> just keeps going up. Uh, so, the, the interesting thing to me, I think, so I, I sort of had I in probably late high school, early college, uh, is when EPL English Premier League games started being shown on ESPN, or you could find Fox Sports or something. You could find them around, and that was really my 
first introduction. The Champions League final would be on every year, but that was really my first introduction to um, to English teams, European teams, and I chose Liverpool. Um, they had my favorite player, uh, Steven Gerrard, and who had just been in like magazines and I had seen highlights, you know, highlight tapes, like VHS tapes of, of him that you magazines could buy. And tapes. Yeah. Uh, you could wow. buy at like soccer center. Um, but, uh, they were the reds. So I felt like it was a, uh, you know, um, not, not too big of a jump to say I was a reds fan, but the more access to premier league soccer that I got and the more that I learned about them, uh, Liverpool's a town, not unlike, Cincinnati or Pittsburgh it's a it's a river town and um really more like Pittsburgh or Baltimore probably than uh Cincinnati but um it's very blue collar and I felt like that like the mentality of the fans was aligned with the sort of blue collar mentality of a lot of I don't know Reds and Bengals fans I think um so I I felt like there was some like it wasn't just so I'll get to where I'm going with that in a second. My uh, my brother-in-law, who is uh, a Bitcoin guru and all the people in the Bitcoin universe follow EPL teams. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead and shake your head and roll your eyes. That's you're <laughs> not gonna offend me in the least. That's a uh, thing. He owns a Bitcoin exchange. Um, well, and, I, I and don't know what that means really, but <laughs> why are they all in just English soccer? It's bizarre. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What is the, uh, is I don't know, but they, they are. So about two years ago, he said, you know, I got to pick a team. You know, all these guys have a team that they support. And they, so he asked me to, he's like, give me some background on a couple of teams. So I, I gave him background on about four different teams. He's like, these are the teams I think I might, might support. He ended up choosing Liverpool. Um, but but, but it's interesting because in England, and I think to some extent for some teams, like I would say the Pittsburgh Steelers definitely have an identity in the NFL. The types it's, of, the types of, yeah. uh, of players that, that they try to get, um, like what they try to do. Good ones. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just mean they're, they they're, can run and tackle and right. catch uh, passes, and yeah, yeah, that's a good strategy. Uh, <laughs> no, one, you're right. I agree. To look at, <laughs> but but I, I feel like they recruit as much for the attitude of of the player as they do. Like, does it fit the the Pittsburgh Steeler mold? The, and the like, Ravens are the same way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly, exactly. So what what I mean is that like the the towns in there take on that persona and so i felt that i accurately unbeknownst to me when i chose them but i felt like i accurately chose a team that reflected the type of fan that i was if that makes sense and like the the players that liverpool historically has had and have, have raised up have been like the type of players that i like um if that makes sense like i couldn't be a steelers fan knowing what i know about steelers fans and, and like the but that's not to say that it it that that's wrong. Like, I don't know. It makes sense to me, but if you don't mind me asking the question, this has always fascinated me because I, I completely understand everything you just said. And it's very rational. Uh, and, and I get it, but I've never been able to connect. How do you jump from that to the, uh, irrational emotional part that's unexplainable about being a sports fan? Like, how does that connection so from the time you said, hey, I want to follow these guys. So when did you get sucked in and why? Because 
I've never been able to just yeah. So pick a, pick a team to follow from a somewhat so, arbitrary position and then really feel that connection. No, I think that's a, that's a perfect question. So um, the the first thing is I think you have to be, and this kind of goes back to what Brennan uh, was talking about, is that and and this is actually jumping into uh, the next sort of it's a good segue into the next part. Um, I'm not done with this one. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Uh, what I was going to say is that it's got, it's got a lot to do with community and like, so Brennan moves to a new place. I think you have to go and experience a group of supporters that have been supporters for a long time doing that and, and supporting that team and feel part of that community and see if that like fits to, to fully be able to, you have to experience the community. So like, you know, and to feel a part of it. Yeah. And exactly. how do you feel a part of that? What you mean from 4,000 miles away? Or just the ocean? even if, you, even if you feel their kindred spirits, how does that, you know, what is it that actually draws you in other than maybe it's just. Well, well over time an, or, initially, yeah. Initially it was, I liked certain players. Um, hmm. and I liked the, um, you know, if you're going to having been a Reds and Bengals fan, you know about like good seasons, bad seasons, and also just like sort of a blind faith in there in, in that, like mm-hmm. you want to do it. So I think to some extent you've got to take that leap of being like, do I want to be invested in this or not? Mm-hmm. Um, I was invested before they became successful. Well, I shouldn't say that they, they won a champions league in 2007 in a game where they were down three goals and came back and, and won. And like from that game forward, it was an exciting game. I mean, it would have been like, you know, to to pour salt in our collective wound, Dave. It would be like watching college basketball uh, and being like, oh, I kind of like both these teams, and then watching the D- Duke beat Kentucky and being like, I'm going to be a Duke fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, because because of that game or that you know yeah. that thing over and over again, and then it gets I think solidified over time as your. For me, it's about community more than anything. Um, and I'll backtrack on that and come back to that. Um, but like why I think that that's sort of an important part of, of fandom. Um, what, what you're saying, like go back to your UK basketball thing. It's a duration, right? There's memories tied to it. I think once those memories are forged, that's what creates that, right? There's something that's tied to that either family or friends or, um, like you're always, always around it. Um, Absolutely. So I think, I, I don't know. I think that, that, that community has to be involved in. And I think if I moved somewhere like Brennan did, and I was going to pick up an NHL or an NBA team, I think it would be as much about joining a community and like fitting in with the, the people I'm, I'm a transplant. I'm coming here from somewhere else, but it'd be nice to, I can get behind this. And over time you just develop that. I don't know, Brennan, what do you think? Well, a couple of things. I'll start with that one, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. There is definitely some sense of community uh, with, with teams. I feel like, oh, to a certain extent, I don't necessarily participate in that too much. Like, I don't know. I don't have, like, my group of friends here kind of isn't into NBA basketball, just to stick on that realm. They're certainly not Bengals or Reds fans. Um, and so, um, so, you know, there's not really that 
aspect of it. Uh, I don't like go to bars to hang out with other Nuggets fans and yeah. participate in some of that uh, tribalism. I'll, I'll say go Nugs to a cashier with a Nuggets hat on or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, you chit chat with a neighbor for a minute. As you're yeah. stealing your groceries. Yeah. Well, that's the good way to distract <laughs> them, obviously. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> so I, uh, this is an aside. Let me let me digress for a second uh, to, to go into a little bit of sports tribalism. I was picking up a hot and ready pizza today at uh, um, Little Caesars for my family dinner because we wanted to go something real healthy and special tonight. Um, and uh, I, there was a guy standing in front of the car, um, looked a little bit a little bit rough with a uh, a Broncos logo tattooed on his face right here. So he. Maybe t- would take the cake if he were to participate in this podcast of <laughs> um, you know, probably most uh, intense and tribalistic sports fan. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm not part of that community. There certainly is that in I think a lot of cities, especially if you know you live where your team is. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's text messages for certain sporting events going around, but not not a ton of that. Um, but you know, one thing I just kind of wanted to go back to that you mentioned, Jason, if it's okay to backtrack a little bit, and yeah. I, I hope, I hope I do have your permission to do that. Um, <laughs> is that I, I, uh, permission granted. I think that's some of like the, yeah, man, that, that team really has like a, a personality it is, um, is oftentimes kind of fabricated and projected by what people think, think of that city or want that team to be man i have a feeling uh professional sports teams are like really more concerned about drafting or recruiting or whatever the uh the best talent that they that they can get and that the mold of you know the patriot way or Steeler tough or whatever the hell it is or uh like Bengals flimsy or whatever their no. uh, thing is 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 you know kind of garnered by like typically success, but also what people want that team to be. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger, probably two of the best Steelers in the last 10 years or so really either of them are they about what Pittsburgh's of, about. They make fun of Pittsburgh fans. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, uh, I, I, and I'm not saying that you're full of shit for, you know, uh, embracing Liverpool, like like you have because of that, but I've just I've thought about that. Like the, the, those types of terms get thrown around so much for so many teams, and and usually it is some sort of glorification of their attitude. And really, it's just a coach who says the right things and players who typically don't say much of anything, and and they're on a good team. And so that you can kind of put whatever uh, whatever personality or mold you want on that otherwise largely anonymous player um, in, in order to um, kind of fulfill your narrative. So uh, there, there's certainly exceptions to that, but I think, you know, a lot of times we don't really know those players and we get to kind of create what we think that team personality collectively is along the way. That's fair. Definitely. Um, from a soccer standpoint, uh, you know, Liverpool had one of the most prolific scorers in the EPL, and then he bit someone in the World Cup, <laughs> and they kicked him off the team. Luis Suarez. They yeah, kicked that, him off the team immediately. They were like, we don't want to be associated with that. It was his, it was his second, too, right? second biting incident. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. 
no, he, he was not the headbutter. Uh, he, oh, okay. He, well, I, may, I may have had that's, that wrong. That's Zidane. He played for oh, France. Uh, right. This guy is... Uh, <laughs> Different, weird uh, action. This guy's uh, Uruguayan. situation. Um, yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, I mean, everybody knows that the, the the culture of Liverpool is really really tough and gritty, and you know, if uh, if so, if somebody disrespects you, you're just going to bite their ear off, man. <laughs> they, they didn't draft Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson played for. He didn't bite anybody's ear off. Oh, uh, shoulder? He bit somebody on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what the fuck? Who bites someone on the shoulder if you're older than like three years old? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, the shock like a grown man bites uh, you on a soccer field? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I, I I guess I guess my my point being Barcelona immediately picked him up. I mean, yeah. he was he was clearly like a, a sought after player, and we let him go for free. Like we just kicked him out. We're like, we're done with you. Yeah, that's it. Where he could have garnered millions of dollars. Poor decision uh, to to not get something for him. Well, but um, and then he he goes on to play alongside Messi and be like the second leading goal scorer behind Messi over the course of like the next six years. So, um, but also, you know, they. I don't know. It, I, I would justify what I'm saying by by just saying that they passed on certain players and they have uh, kept homegrown players that um, either like could have gone elsewhere. They could have sold for a lot of money to go elsewhere, and they kept them because they were homegrown, or they um, they brought in players that I don't know. They were they were good players, but they weren't the best players at their position because those players had issues of some sort. Um, and believe me, the British tabloids are far more, um, yeah, they'll, they'll make shit up about, about what a team's like. That's for sure. They, they, uh, you know, so I mean, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And I do think that it's, I think that the two things feed off of one another. So like the more Liverpool signs players that are like upstanding, the more people are going to be like, oh, they always do the right thing or they always have this and this or they got rid of this guy or this guy. Um, but but then also, you know, at some point, the you would think the flip side w- would come up with that if it wasn't true, I guess is, is what I'm saying. I know we don't know everything that goes on in the locker rooms and all that, but specifically I'm talking about Liverpool and not necessarily – I was trying to bring in the Steelers and them as, as American references. Um, Let me give you an example, I think of the other side and it actually involves a team I haven't talked about yet. So when I moved to Houston, particularly after the Reds or the Astros went to the American league and the Astros got good, I became a decent fan of their team. Uh, They were really good. They had a lot of young, exciting players they were really fun to watch. These guys all had like fun personalities and happy go lucky and everything's great. And then it came out that they were fucking cheating. And so all of that stuff went away immediately. So I, I truly had developed an emotional connection to the team and I wanted them to win. And when they lost, I mean, it wasn't like my favorite teams, but it was like, you know, it, it, it lingered. It sucked. But the minute, I found that out. I lost all emotional connection to that team. So I think it, one, it says something about the ties that you 
let me just say this. If that had been Kentucky basketball, I would have been pissed off and furious, but I would not have fundamentally just walked away. I'm not sure. I wouldn't have justified it. I wouldn't have defended it, but I wouldn't have given, given up on them. But with the Astros, it was like done, not never again. And, you know, that emotional tie just is severed. So I think there's something too. You, you even fucking left the city, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm I moved. You, Houston. I moved. I'm out of here. <laughs> but there is, you do. I want to. There are certain things that are very difficult to, and maybe that's an extreme example. I mean, they're obviously huge villains, but no, you man. Do, like you yeah. do once you want to believe that what you're rooting for is at least either it's tied to your identity or where you're from, or it's somehow not not evil or you know on the right side of things i mean for sure like, yeah I mean, and there, there's, about there's that objective and, right and wrong uh, yeah. i i agree and, there, and there's good people and bad people and oh. you uh, you know you do have a choice of who to bring on your team I, I i still feel like they're probably trying to get the best players and um and you know even they the, absolutely they're ruthless yeah they're ruthless yeah right and they're, by the way they're not the only ones no but, and i mean uh, but it does. It, yeah, it's, it, a, it's a good point. It's a, no, it's, it's a, a weird one because I was even Fiona like doesn't really care about sports. We would watch every game in the like just living and dying on every pitch, which I hadn't done in baseball in a long time. Yeah, but the right. minute all that stuff came out, it was over. We we're done. Like it was over. And why is that? What would what would be analogous to that in other sports that that you'd like? I mean, you know, they were beating on trash cans to, to I don't pitches. Know. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, what could you? Possibly I mean, you know, K- Kentucky could certainly get dinged for major NCAA violations at the drop of a hat. I mean, you know, and, they're doing that. You know, I mean, yeah, everybody but, is. I yeah, mean, I don't know. I don't know. It is is cheating in recruiting? Uh, you know, that's essentially what that is, right? Like, I, but I feel uh, like cheating in a game is different. Yeah. No. No. That they're, they're fair. That's good. I think once you have, I, I don't know. I mean, and I'm even, I'm being honest. Well, for, they were at a level where I won't defend them, but I, and I wouldn't defend Kentucky. I mean, it's know, still I, not life or death though, man. It's not it's like not. they're, uh, no, it's not. They're it's just you know, actively pursuing all the things about them that I like. There was the identity of living in the city, but all those personalities of those guys and they were fun and young and just, they seemed to be so amazingly good. It just loses the luster. Maybe it goes to the nature of why you like a team and when that's clouded. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's interesting, though. How I, I was surprised that I developed an emotional attachment to start with, but then that was it, you know? So you kind of answer your own question there, Dave, about how that emotional attachment. I mean, I think. Yeah, it's, maybe I did. And, but the, and, and going back yeah. to, to what I said and going back to sort of what Brennan said. I mean, I think all of us, those adult attachments that we found our, our way into the team was through players, more or less. Yeah. Like we liked certain players that were and, on and that it, team. And if they're not good, frankly, I don't give a f- flying fuck about the Houston Texans. Never did. Like they had a couple of these. There was nothing about them that drew me in. They were never better than the Astros. Decent, right? What's that? The Astros, right? No, I'm saying I wasn't drawn to the Oh, Texans. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. So why uh, is that? Yeah, right? yeah. I, I and maybe because it's not like I had a stronger tie to the Bengals than the Reds, really. I mean, I don't know what, yeah, you know, but there's well, yeah, I mean, the, the Texans are pretty more and, and of a play, they have been, uh, a uh, kind of a forgettable team, right? Totally, 
mean, there was nothing beat, about beat that the Bengals that. in a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. than once, yeah. Twice, yeah. yeah. Three years? I went to two of them, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's interesting. Yeah. They're not for a second that I ever care about the Texans. Why? So, so I don't know. So so let's let's uh let's transition then. What what do you think the role of collegiate and I mean Besides the economic monetary value, we all know that they're cash machines. Um, but r- what role do they play for the people that are not financially tied to them in, in the sense fans, right? Fans are financially tied in that we're spending our money, hard-earned dollars to, to watch or to go see or to buy jerseys or whatever it might be. But like, you know, what, what societal role does sports play in your all's eyes? Like what? why do we put so much money into this stuff and why are we able to, you know, pay these guys millions upon millions of dollars? I think in, in the best of times, it uh, can be something that, you know, brings community together, makes uh, people collectively uh, joyous or even sad uh, or angry or whatever. And, you know, there, I think there's power in um, groups of people experiencing those types of emotion together Um but then at the worst of, of times, it's just this like rabid tribalism that like we already experienced so much of anyway. Um, and I mean, have you guys been to an NFL game lately? Yeah, I haven't, but uh, I've, it's, heard ba- it's I've, heard, I've, had, I've had, heard bad things. Um, I mean, it, it, it's been a while and like, yeah, like pot- potential fun to be had there for sure. But, uh, but also just, people like acting like uh, fucking dipshits and animals. Uh, you know, you, you're going to, you're probably going to see somebody's uh, like penis in the stands. You're going to smell puke. If not touch it, no. um, but, uh, you're going to see fights. You're going to see multiple fights. Like yep. that, that, that's a horrible yeah. experience. So, um, you know, uh, w- w- when things are good and, uh, and, and people are, are treating it like a game and can, can share in, in that, um, you know, emotion that the, the games are able to produce, it's cool, man. Um, for, for me these days, like, I am a fan of certain teams to, to different degrees, but like, like Jason said, man, um, it, it, I, I don't have the bandwidth anymore to like devote big chunks of time to um to watching entire games uh for especially for like multiple teams and all year and and things like that that's not happening and you know sports kind of interests me probably less and less uh the the older i i get in general Um, i'm not tied to them like i'm the the heartbreak the inevitable heartbreak that that happens every year uh, when your team doesn't win it, uh, which is, you know, 95% of the time or whatever, uh, or more, uh, it, it is, is not that lasting for me. I kind of am able to really let it go pretty easily. Um, no matter, you know, how many blog posts I read about that team throughout the year. So, um, I don't know. It's enough for me. I want to go with that. Dave societal purpose of, of sports in your eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I can only really, really speak for what it means to me, I guess. Because um, you're right. From a society's perspective, yeah, it's clearly, uh, in many ways, a business, and almost always. But 
I think the reason it's done well is because of what it means to the individual person. I think to me, it and the things that still survive is it's definitely about connection. And I think that's part of the reason other than the fact that they fucking suck, but like the Bengals and reds just, I did. I just don't feel that anymore because I don't, it doesn't draw me to people in my life that I'm staying in touch with, or I don't really talk to them about that game, those games, that team. But with Kentucky basketball, there are people that I talk to and stay in touch with throughout the course of a season that I otherwise wouldn't. And it's truly the thing that bonds us win or yeah, lose. Cool. And, and Brennan, you probably deal with this with dating people. I mean, yeah, man, we have a, we have a text thread. That's it's fun. Active. Even, even when they yeah, lose or they suck when your team sucks or you lose a big game, it sucks. But like, you communicate with people that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. But like, it, it's easier when your team's good though, right? Kentucky it is. almost well, always has a not true, Kentucky good football. chance. Right. Yeah. yeah but I mean, for instance, I have good friends from Houston that you know, I stay in touch with a little bit, but during most Kentucky football games, we have like a text thread and it's fun. Yeah. And like you, you end up staying in touch with them and talking about other things. Sure. And it, it, there's something about that, that there's nothing else that would happen that we would text about or stay in touch with it it truly brings you together well certainly is a common thread right it is whether it's the community or that that feeling i'll never forget it hit me more maybe because i was older when kentucky won the title in 2012 and it was almost one of those it was like an outer body out of body experience almost like it sounds ridiculous but like how they describe at the end of your life and everything flashes before your eyes and I remember being like really emotional about like missing people that I hadn't seen that I had had watched games with or talked about Kentucky with or went to school with or there's something about it. There is some connection. Yeah, that's that, psychedelic, man. It is. No. And you can't, you can't manufacture that. You For can't real. recreate that. It, it's not, I don't, you don't get that from almost anything else. Small, maybe with music and some artists in a smaller way. Yeah. I was going to say that's like, more niche. But there's yeah. hardly anybody that you have that kind of broad experience with. But there, you know, if like a modest mouse, for instance, I, I think of certain people in my life randomly, and it, it does take you back. But like with a, a sporting event or a team that you really mm-hmm. care about, it all that stuff floods back, particularly when there's these euphoric moments. And I don't know what else recreates that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think cool concert experiences can recreate that. They do. They do. do yeah, yeah, they do. It's just but, these moments. But it's, but it's different because like you're, you're not rooting for anything to happen there. Exactly. Right? It, 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 it's not there, like there, kind there, of yes or no or it's you there's, kind no of agony, there's no agony of defeat. Really. No, you, almost every. <laughs> I mean, unless you're watching be, a rare, if you're watching a Raritan show, sometimes you may feel that. <laughs> but it's all about expectations, Brennan. You, you, you go in kind of knowing that's a, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but it's it, so it, I, I hold on to that dearly, like to give up on that. I think is a shame. Not not that you necessarily choose it, but I don't know. I I would hate that those um, peaks are not possible anymore. And with something that's let's face it, fairly arbitrary. But it yeah, it's real. Yeah, man. Is is there? I mean, are are we wasting our time investing our emotion and our energy and our love into something as trivial as some guys playing ball? Yeah. I mean. and I'm with you. I, I get all of, all of what, what you're saying, but like, I, I, when you look at it from from a from a more rational perspective, man, if we if we had text threads going about our, you know, uh, volunteer efforts, and yeah, you know, no, that, absolutely, you know, if that family finally got off the streets or something, 
I'm not doing that, just to be no. clear. Uh, no, no, but, I, but even if you were, that, they, hap- they aren't happening at the same time with the same people. I think that's the, the one thing that, you know, everybody can have a very similar experience no matter where they are at the same time, you know. Right. Which is, but, I mean, you do have to devote energy and time, and there is and a certain investment. All right. Here's what I, you, I think you mentioned it before about how the order you get, the less – and I think, Jason, you talked about it without – you know, you haven't watched a full mm-hmm. NFL or – MLB game in a long time and I feel the same way like I I hardly watch sports I mean way less than I used to and I will I I don't often admit this but it's true even the teams that I really love there are many times I don't want to invest the two hours to watch it I just want to find out what happened and if they won I will go back and watch and read about it Mm -hmm. and invest time in it and if they didn't I will move on I don't know what that says, but it's a very weird. I, I I think it says that that you're probably maturing and your time is getting shorter, and you understand that, and you have Maybe. to prioritize certain things, and and that Maybe. might not be a conscious. De- I, yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely yeah. an unconscious decision. Like, eh, spending these two hours doing this is going to be more rewarding, and I can do this later, and I can stay up later and and do this. Yeah, I'll just uh, plow through it in an hour. Yeah. At, Eleven um, o'clock at night. But, yeah. but but absolutely, I think it does. I, I want to throw something different out um, in terms of this. I because I agree with with look when we were talking again. I th- I think community plays so hugely into it, and I like what Brennan said about like it, the tribalism aspect of it can be the absolute worst part of it, and yet it's, we we crave. I mean, biologically, we're tribal people. Like we we need to be around some yeah. sort of sense. What's the difference the between like community the, and no, no, no. positive? Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and again, I, I'm I'm looking at the positive side of this. Yeah. But I think that from from emergence of you know emerging of the negative and the positive is that there's also certain tendencies and urges that we have that we fight every day to hold back when we're pissed off about something. Sports fandom allows us to be an asshole without recourse. And I just mean in the the, the my living room. I can yell at yeah. the TV yeah. when nobody yeah. else is no, here. It's true. And it allows me to let things out and to invest emotion that I might need to get out, that might be healthy for me to get out. It allows me to do that in a way where I'm not yelling at my kids. I'm not yelling at someone else. I'm not yelling uh, or being physically aggressive towards anyone. Now, at yeah. the extreme end of that... that that's it's, why I had kids, actually, is to... <laughs> <laughs> As an emotional release for You've me. Gotta get so, this out somehow. I, yeah, I, I, I like to stay calm, speak. But I like to whisper to my sports teams and <laughs> scream at my kids. I love that. I've got to uh, remember that. <laughs> the the sports whisperer. The, the sports teams don't listen if you yell, man. If you scream fuck at the TV, they know. never they never give you one. Yeah. Right. But it's not it's not about them though. So so no, that's that's the thing I'm us. going back yeah. to is that like whatever my you know, if there's people that put on their left sock and then their right sock or they wear this shirt every every game or, or whatever your super superstition is, they say that's for that's for them. Like yeah, it's there, it it's therapeutic yeah. in every possible way, um, to be, and I don't even know how you would define this, but to be a, a healthy sports fan that for two hours you allow yourself to be repugnant, but you allow yourself to do that in company that is not going to judge you for doing that. 
Um, and, and what I mean is that you can yell at a TV. I'm not talking about breaking shit or setting shit on fire or flipping cars or, um, that was so 2003 or, get, or getting in fight <laughs> or getting in fights or anything like that. Uh, but what I'm saying is that I think there is a societal, like we're okay. If, if I go to a, a bar during a UK game and somebody's shouting obscenities at the TV, I may join them. Um, mm. it, depending on how they're playing, you know, like, it, and then, it, the, then the piano player's like, sir, can you keep it down? <laughs> this is, people are trying to enjoy their brunch. Yeah. <laughs> that, that happens. At, that happens in Winchell's quite often. That's they, they show soccer <laughs> yeah. games in the morning. That's so what I was like, picturing. Yeah. You know, uh, from somebody up in the bar area and like, Oh, it's 11 one. They did just start serving alcohol. Uh. So, okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Am I crazy in thinking that that no. that, that like sports fandom allows us a, a safe space to sort of yeah, for sure. I don't know, be an asshole or just 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 to be maybe passive aggressive in a space where everybody else is is too, or maybe even aggressive. It allows you to be aggressive aggressive. You don't right, have to. Right. You can cut out yeah. the passive part that you have to do with the whole rest of your life. Right. 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 Yeah. No, that, it, that's I've, it. it's I've always been the worst version of myself, like watching an elite <laughs> game or something. Always, and I mean, everyone noticed. My parents always said it. Fiona noticed. Like, you're I'm a different person, and I I don't know. I feel like I don't have any sort of rage or anger anger in my daily life at all ever. But during those moments, it, there is something about just letting everything out. Maybe it does. Like, I don't know. I think a little bit of road rage is healthy. Like yeah. you got your wind got your windows up and you yeah. call call somebody a you know uh ball sack. Some terrible thing, yeah, that you would never yeah. I wouldn't don't even that. mean it necessarily. Like whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I think that's a little therapeutic as well. So you should try yeah. that. No, I <laughs> oh yeah, right. I do that. I mean, I've I've dabbled. I've dabbled. <laughs> well yeah. Uh, we can do the next podcast on road rage exclusively. Yeah, yeah. But well, yeah. No, but I, I think you're onto something, Jason. I mean, I think. Oh no, absolutely, man! It's a, it's yeah. a great release yeah. um, for uh, for all for all those things, it, whether you know be community or you know, getting your dose of that or or, it, or the tribalism. It, it, and I think one thing we haven't talked about, and I don't for, forgive me if it was on your outline for later, but I think sadly, part of what I've enjoyed about sports too is rooting strongly against teams that i hate and it's probably a similar dynamic uh, seriously like hate watching particularly like when patino was at louisville and they were good or duke always or even like the steelers when i cared about the nfl like there is something uh in some ways it's almost stronger than rooting for the team you like to win i i, I don't know it's very powerful it sometimes in a scary way like why am i investing the time and energy but i think it is some sort of release and you, you can project negative thoughts on something that's i guess ultimately harmless but i don't know maybe it just gets it out of you I, yeah man uh, go ahead jason no no, no no i i just i just think that i think that if it it was purely escape in entertainment those things that i listed also on there like tv or movies or music or books yeah. or like you can get emotionally invested in any of those things. You can, uh, you can bond and have community over any of those things. You can have emotional experiences over those things, but there's something. It's a competition, right? Yeah, sure. You're, you're, you're not hate listening 
for two hours to some. I do yeah, I'm not going to hate listening to Nickelback <laughs> for an entire. Hour. No, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. I do that with the, I do the reading sometimes. I feel like I, I I'm the victor. I win. Yeah, if I, true, if I finish I, a book, or, um, or, which is or with, rare. Or with pol- politics, people do. I mean, oh, watching that, Fox News for an hour is fascinating in maybe a similar way. Mm, it gets that, something man. out of you. But, no, I mean not an hour, but you, I mean to be enraged or something is well, that's that's certainly the the probably the only other analog that we deal with is is politics where people yeah. are uh tribal about it and yeah it, it's and you want to say the other side sucks see and i'm gonna keep watching and i hate them and yeah like, well, well i mean it makes it makes a lot of sense though when somebody's fundamental ideas uh, about how life should be lived and society should be carried out are so polar opposite than yours rather than totally. Rather than just like the guys are wearing a different color shirt, they grew up in a different city. Or yes, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but exactly, that goes yeah. that goes back to the the beginning though. The what we were talking about at the beginning. That's why we do believe that teams espouse certain characteristics, and those people that play for them, and the coaches that run them, and the fans that support them espouse certain characteristics. And we put those things on them because it gives we, us a sense. It's projection. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and I'm not saying that it's right. I think what Brennan said earlier is, is spot on that we embellish those things to make ourselves feel better and to make the other guys seem worse. But yeah, it, it 100% uh, comes back to that as well. I think that, you yeah. know, to a certain, to a certain degree, um, all of this, uh, anything that we put on it, that's outside of the actual, experience of the game what happened in the game is all fantasy for us because it's not as fun if you think actually i'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this jason and maybe even from like high school competition is and maybe it's different when you're in it but it's more explosive and enjoyable when you've elevated or sort of demonized your opponent to a level where they're they're not your competitor there's something evil or different or you're better than them and and you ha- it is more like a fantasy or something whereas if they're oh these are the nice chaps down the street and i respect them and let's hope we win but if we don't uh, we'll go have a beer afterwards that's not the same like you're not going to get as angry or fired up or i don't know as a as a you know non-participant like it's not the same you you want to build them up or down as something different yeah and i mean I, I don't think I've ever gone so far as to like paint the opponent as like the enemy. I, I paint things. I mean, I heard Dunbar's a bunch of pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that too? I, yeah, man. They're, 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 I thought chasing, the coaches they're, just they're, they're chasing high school. They're chasing high school chicks around. All the time. I thought the coaches just paid for the strippers at the, you know, the. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I try to paint it in terms of, again, going back to what I said, everything outside of the game is a fantasy. And I was going to save this part for like, when we get into youth sports and I'll actually, I will, when we talk about like sort of the role of high school sports, but here's the thing that I, when I'm coaching that in the, even in my fandom now that I'm more aware of is that, look, it's better for me to motivate kids 
by saying like this team has traditionally beaten us. That's why they're our rival. Not because they're yeah. terrible human beings or that they, yeah. they cheat or that they do anything like this, but like we want to be the best in our region and they're always the team standing in our way. If I keep it within the confines of the game, I get better out of them as players and they're motivated. I think by something human and not just by something purely emotional. Like you can still get them excited to play and pumped up to play by saying like, remember when these guys beat us last year? Remember when this happened? Now, obviously there's fodder out there on social media. Players put stuff out and say things and that stuff can be the extra motivation that you need or, or whatever like that. But you know, for the most part, I try not to prey on that stuff as a coach because I think that it can work against you just as much as it works for you. If your players are feeding solely off emotion, uh, that's a dangerous area to operate in because then you're operating without reason or lot like everything like in a a kid can get kicked out a red card like yeah, if they're no. overly emotional and things I, like that. So I try that to keep yeah. everything within the context of. Um, you know, the history of the two teams and the, like, this is why this is this, and this is this. Now there's w one school in particular in Lexington, the, the newest school whose coach is an uh, absolute lunatic and FD. yeah, it, their coach is an absolute lunatic. And like, after our game with them, he got red carded. One of their players got red carded and I like sat Jesus. my team down and I was like, I will never allow you all to act like that. And I was like, and I hope I will never allow you all to lose to this. Game. <laughs> well, I, I, I straight up told my athletic director, if I ever lose to him, you have my permission to ask me to resign the next day. I was like, well, I will never yeah. lose to that man. It, it'll happen at some point, And sure, that'll yeah. probably be when I quit. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it's one of those Maybe things we shouldn't where publish this one. <laughs> I, I don't think that it's healthy. I don't think that it's healthy. Uh, to when when you're teaching kids and and like trying to get them motivated that you prey on the things that they don't have control over yeah and emotion is that thing um you know i i always tell them to control like my my big philosophy is like we just need to control the things that we can control within the game so what can we not control we can't control referees that or how the other team the yeah, other that, that this other coach the fans um, the only thing you can control is what you do and your reaction to what other people do. So if we control the things that we can control, then we'll, we'll be in good shape. Cause I feel like, you know, their training, our training is good enough to get, get the job done. But I don't know. Coach I think your stuff right there, man, coach. Yeah, no, I mean, training coach. No, then, it, it uh, makes total sense. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, the, the mindset that I'm in before a big Kentucky game or something, I shouldn't be anywhere near a fucking sideline or <laughs> no way. I mean, as most fans, I think would admit, I guess it's kind of obvious, but it is true. I mean, it's a different dynamic for the actual people in the, in the game. Do you guys still play sports at all? Jason, you play like, it, is, I is do. there? I, 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 up, up until COVID, I played in a Monday night, uh, Monday night pickup game. It's always like the same 16 guys. We play six on six, like five on five plus a goalkeeper. And then we have subs that, sort of rotate in we play for about anywhere between an hour and a half and two hours you get so, all jacked up for that or what i mean no man yeah. it, it's a it, it's probably the most amicable game like people get called out if they're like you know playing make a dirty tackle or like yeah. get pissed off like everybody will call them yeah. out and be like what the fuck are you doing um yeah. 
but it's still competitive. Like nobody wants to get embarrassed, but everybody wants to go to work the next day. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where like, I, I love the game because it is the perfect level of competitiveness for me right now. Um, about, about seven, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I was still playing like men's competitive. And, uh, there was a game where I went up for a headball and this like 19 year old kid threw a bicycle kick and kicked me square in the nose. Like, my nose was gushing blood. Uh, and I, career went, under. I went, I went and like cleaned it up in the bathroom and I came back into the game and I fouled the, I mean, I could have, I knew I wasn't going to break his leg cause I didn't like go into the tackle in such a way that could break his leg, but I fouled the absolute shit out of but him. But you would have. <laughs> and no, no, I wouldn't, I, you know, it, it was one of those things Not where I purpose. knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was yeah. like, I'm going to send a message to this motherfucker that this isn't the world cup and he needs to calm the fuck down. And I told him he needed to calm the fuck down by me being the most <laughs> yeah, right, motherfucker by, on the field. So by trying well, and failing you know, to break his leg, it sounds you like know. us foreign policy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. That is a keeper right there. I, I have a somewhat similar tale, if I can tell it, from some of my last soccer experiences. It was like when I was like a junior in college or something, and we would smoke cigarettes on the soccer field while we played sometime. Um, and I got uh, I got called uh, from somebody to see if I could sub in their co-ed league. I hadn't I didn't played co-ed soccer. I always played like the all, all guys stuff and. Um, and I wasn't very good anyway. So, um, this co-ed game, it got pretty competitive and I got, I got the juices flowing. Um, and there was like this, I don't know, long ball and me and another player were from the opposite team were, were both running towards it and kind of go, both got there at the same time. And I, I just went in, went in and slid hard at this ball and took out this player female from the other team just wrecked her oh, and the, all the guys in the other team wanted to fight me i realized like as it was happening i was like, like no this is not yet. don't do that and, like all the guys were not, been rightly so yeah, uh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. she's like crying i'm uh trying real, real tough try, guy asshole yeah i don't know, I don't know man i god i didn't mean to do that like i'm not it, i'm not a player oh, yeah yeah <laughs> during, those, during those times i was always trying to talk my way out of insane bullshit it's as if that was a short phase of my life like yeah. girls but, pants talk your oh, way out of girls yeah. yeah you don't want to be in here uh, um so anyway yeah I, I i realized i had to dial my uh levels yeah. of com- competitive uh adrenaline back a little bit at that point it's been a few years <laughs> since then i'm largely into oh, that's uh Athletic approaches that are in no way competitive at this point. Like throwing a ball to your son or something. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Char- Charlie, he takes a hundred hacks before breakfast and baseball and like your arms shoot, falling off. <laughs> shoots free throws all day. Yeah, incredible. That's amazing. I can't get so- Fox to do hard. He he played YMCA soccer this year. They play four 10-minute quarters in the first quarter of his first game. He had speared two guys. He would have been kicked out of a football game for targeting. <laughs> like, just ta- straight up tackled him. I was like, dude. So I had the coach pull <gasps> no him off. No interest in the actual ball. I, I, had, I had the coach pull him <laughs> off. So he's playing with seven-year-olds because I know all these guys on the team. They're like, yeah. And they uh, practice literally right down, like, a, yeah. a block from our house. And I was like, they're like, hey, we need one more guy. Uh, like, Fox can play. It's no big deal. I was like... 
they're like, he's a pretty physical kid. He'll be able to, so he could take the physicality. That wasn't the problem. He, but his focus, I mean, like all these seven year olds know how to pass the ball and like strike the ball. And Fox is like, this is literally the conversation. He had his last game last Saturday. Uh, the literally the conversation I had with him, he spun around twice in the middle of the field, fell down. The referee's like, you got to get up. People might step on you. He did it again. He's like, you got to get up. Somebody might step on you. It's dangerous. So finally I was like, Nick, he's the coach. I was like, just take him off the field. So he gets off and I was like, dude, you got to quit falling down. I was like, I don't care if you, you know, score goals or do well, not, not do well. Go out there and have fun, but you can't be on the ground. He's like, dad, I just got all these tornadoes in me. I got to get them out. I was like, all right. I was, I was like, all right. Can't argue with that. I, I was like, yeah, what do you say I, to I was like, I was like, well, go do your tornadoes over there and let me know when you're done. Like three minutes later, he comes back over. He's like, dad, I'm ready to go back in the game. Will you tell coach Nick? I was like, sure, dude. Yeah, go for it. Like, <laughs> At one point, he's like pointing out this hawk to all his all all the players on his team. He's like, "Look at the hawk! Look at the hawk!" I can understand that. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my sister. (laughs) So yeah, so this is uh, his focus isn't quite there. Um, But yeah, he's he's uh, he's an interesting one. That's funny, man. Um. So well, that that's a a perfect way for I was going to say there's a segue segue into uh, to youth sports. Um, so like we all played youth sports, we played multiple youth sports. Um, you know whatever was in season, probably. Um, what do you think the role of youth sports in our society is? And I I'm, I I might want to preface this. Um, well, let me get your thoughts, and then and then maybe. I'll direct it after that. So what do you, what do you think? Uh, I don't care. Step in whoever wants to, to speak here. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, I think there's a lot of things probably. And I think the one that's lost the most is probably the enjoyment of the kid actually participating in it. But um, I think you can learn a lot. I mean, the idea of like being a part of a team and doing something organized with your friends and learning to lose and being a part of something bigger. And I mean, I think all those things are good skills. Um, I don't know. I struggle with it because I, I have really mixed feelings about like my experience with youth sports. Cause I think in so many ways, it, and, and this was before, the fucking insanity of, you know, the amount of time and money and energy people spend on it these days. But even then, like the negative energy I felt from like people's parents and dads in particular was so toxic. Um, it made me want to like escape it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think when I look back, I still generally have fond memories. And I think, you know, the idea of particularly, I think, that competitive height that you get to where you can either win or lose and you learn how to win gracefully or, or lose and deal with it, I think is valuable. But um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of negative um, aspects to it that 
I think so, are unresolved in me. So are, are the negative aspects all a matter of the adults that are involved mm. in this in this stuff? I mean, that that sounds like that was kind of your maybe you know, mentioned. No, that. I like think it, there was also. I think I also still feel very strongly. I remember even till late grade school, there were a lot of people playing that did not want to play. I, I remember that distinctly. Yeah. That yeah. I, I and maybe ultimately they got stuff out of it, and Name it just names, came. Whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I mean you know the people, and so maybe that's just the nature of being a parent, and I'm not a parent, so like your kids are going to go through things where it feels like they don't enjoy it, or there's maybe some negative energy, but ultimately it's a good thing. So yeah, tough luck, like you know that that's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just there's some, I I feel like. A, there's a very big part of me where youth sports is always like, I, and I'm not saying overall, I think it's positive and the people yeah, that want to yeah, play yeah. should play and you learn a lot. Um, but it's, it's definitely not um, without its complications. I, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, the best part of it is like you said, the kids getting a sense of competition and, and I think really being a part of something that's bigger than themselves, having, um, their peers hold them accountable in yeah. ways that right. don't happen um, it really in, in, in any other way. I mean, you, you have to be uh, either pretty intrinsically or familiarly, familiarly um, motivated in order to succeed at lots of other individual pursuits, including, you know, academics, which is a big one, you know, kind of your whole, the whole rest of your life is, is, as far as you're a kid, something that you're graded literally and judged on. Um, but with the sport, you know, most of them are team sports anyway. And it is that, that sense of being a part of something that's more than just about you. And kids have such a, a myopic and introverted view about themselves um, just by nature. And that's okay. Um, that, that, that can be, I think, kind of um, enlightening for them. Um, but it, I mean, I think the adults usually fucking ruin that uh, for the most part. I mean, you can't just have it be, Lord of the flies out there in the soccer field, you know, somebody has got to run, run the show. Um, but, um, but nonetheless, man, it's these caustic parents that are, uh, so insecure about themselves that, um, and probably that their lack of athletic success, whether, whether they, they never reached the NFL or whether they, um, you know, they, they never reached beyond, you know, third grade, uh, coaches pitch um, that that they're it's another they, chance they, they get insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I thought you were going to say they never passed third grade, and I was good, I was starting to nod along with that. that Billy passed the well. third grade, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, man, like uh, I, I think for the most part they're a good thing. Charlie will certainly be getting involved in sports as soon as he can. Get soccer season canceled, and and I can also. I guess kind of just imagine um, being irrationally emotional about things when my kids are involved. You will you be. Know, it, Everybody is. Yeah. What, it, it's totally different than when you, when you observe it from the outside, you know, the whole fucking thing, of uh, fatherhood and, and whatnot. Parenting of course, is, yeah, yeah. It, it is, uh, is pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, probably for the same reason that I, cry insurance commercials sometimes now i would probably also <laughs> threaten to fight a t-baller's mom um if right. she if she looked at my kid the wrong way so yeah no it's 
that's it's that yeah it doesn't it's not a coincidence that many many people over many years have reacted in similar ways you know yeah. it's not because it's not <laughs> natural i mean yeah and i and i didn't mean to sound so negative because i i do think the the benefits outweigh but i think when overall you get the sense that kids are pushed by parents and then parents react in certain ways. Like, yeah, I think it can bring everybody down, but it just was different when we were kids though, man. Like yeah, there weren't really tons of traveling teams. No, we were lucky. We were lucky. People, people be de- devoting them, themselves to a career in one sport when they're seven years old. And stuff. Exactly. I we never just, remember. We just played spending... for the St. Agnes Wildcats. Exactly. Uh, regardless of you know, what most, season it was. Yeah, sure. Maybe three nights a week. At the peak, yeah. we with practice and games, we were tied up. That yeah, was about three, three it. Three events a week, yeah. Three events, oh, yeah. including practice and games. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the height of it. Maybe uh, four. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's go to the expert here. Yeah, I know. We, uh, on, yeah. on youth sports, has a child doing them and is yeah. a successful coach. coach of the year. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> we mentioned coach of the year. Just keep saying it. It never gets old. It shows uh, is that like your title now? You, 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 very proud. you do, yeah. you do no, man to be called no. not just Coach Beeler, but Coach of the Year Beeler. I, it, it's only going to be for about another week when they announce the uh, 2020 winner. So oh, fuck him know. or her, whoever it is. Yeah. Uh, Unless you go back to back, baby. I, it's a I, dynasty. I was nominated again, but I, I doubt that I will be. Uh, I will be chosen again. Um, so, you know, I think my biggest issue, and this is something that you know, that I've probably talked to you guys in some capacity about before, but I think my biggest issue is the dynamic of youth sports in general. And what I mean by that is that, look, the majority of us are not fucking going pro in any sport. Um, A very small percentage of people are going to play collegiately. And yet, the focus and drive of all sports now is on those two things. Um, in every other country in the world, they've got two models. One model is intramural or, you know, your recreational league or whatever it is. Normal people. (laughs) And then everyone that from a young age shows that they could possibly show promise, a professional organization takes them in and they pay for everything. They pay for everything. They pay for the development of that player. They invest in that player at a young age and they pay for their travel and, and their, you know, in some cases it's a, it's local. And in other cases they are paying for the kid to stay and go to school and eat and, and do all this other stuff. So, in other countries, the onus is on professional organizations to foot the bill for the development of players from a young age, right? And you get tracked for these things. And, you know, at some point you might fall out. That might be devastating for kids. And, it, you know, that might be detrimental for those kids that try that and don't make it. But for the rest of them, they have there's no pressure in their sport it's intramural it's recreational it's fun you're playing your seasons you're doing your thing and the cost is low super low you know um it's insane yeah dave talk to your brother uh ask what they're you know paying for their king's hammer baby their kids to (laughs) play sports man it's Mm -hmm. absolutely absurd and i'm part of the problem i coach for a club and i i mean 
look, I, I think it's absurd what they ask these parents to pay. And I don't know where the money goes because it doesn't go to coaches' salaries, I can tell you that. <laughs> we don't even have fields that we pay on. So these parents pay these club fees, right? So parents foot the bills. Then they go play for high schools. They go play for colleges. So colleges and, and high schools foot the bills for the development of all these players. The professional organizations get a polished... 95 to 98% polished product when they get it in this country. So what I'm saying is that like we're selling this dream of like, Oh, you're going to go to college. You're going to do this. It's the way to get here and here and here. I mean, I guess it feeds into this idea of the American dream that anybody can do anything, but it's, it's flawed and it's broken and it's another fucking money suck, man. The whole thing is another fucking money suck. And all the things that we mentioned that are positives about that, the more the money takes hold of it, it is going to pull all of that shit, all of those positives out of youth sports more and more. And it's, it's sad to me to watch it happen. And that's why I put Fox in YMCA with with, with kids that are just out there having fun and running around. Cause I don't give a shit if he's What the fuck does it matter? He's four years old. Yeah. Yeah. And it it just, to me, um, I loved my experiences with sports growing up. I, I did. I, I, I loved all of them. And I saw exactly what you saw, Dave, in terms of the parents. I think I was able to compartmentalize that stuff. You know, yeah. I, I had to and, and frankly, I did it at the time, too. I think. Right. Uh, uh, but but I was able like it, it didn't affect me then in, in terms of like. But like I switched schools at a time that was probably not like the optimal time to be switching schools. Kids were, you know, extra starting to feel themselves. And yeah, that, you know, that was the time when, but, yes, I was, but <laughs> things but, separated. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but sports, but sports were also it, playing sports were also a way in and a group of friends, uh, like yeah. an immediate group of friends totally. that, that you could get and have. And it didn't necessarily matter that you weren't, good at the sport you were part of the team and being part of the team gave you like membership into that team um and and that group of access to that group of people and that group of friends um so i agree all those positives are there and i would say that 100 percent. i think youth sports are great i think the way they're set up in this country is fucking stupid and it 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 sucks and inevitably it's going to eat itself um and make it so that it's really difficult for kids to have fun. And I think that the bastion of relief is going to be interscholastic sports. I think it's going to be high school sports and eventually college sports are going to be that relief um, that's provided for kids that actually get enjoyment out of it and want to play because that's a place like club level games. They're really high level um, you know, there, there's some really great soccer being played. You know, who shows up to the, the club state championship, who are the two best teams in the state, probably the 12, you know, uh, of the 22 people on the field, probably 15 of them are the best players in the state. You know, who shows up to that game? Parents, (laughs) you know, but when you go and play at high school and this harkens back to what we were talking about earlier, high school is a community, right? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about club teams, right? So, so you're, I, I mean, the kids that are playing on them do. College, no, no, no. College that, coaches outside do. Outside of that little bubble. Other people, yeah. right, exactly. exactly. What does it mean? So um, all, all the things that we're talking about getting from these and, and that you can get out of these things, 
I think can become soiled by exactly what you said. And I think that the more that, you know, money becomes the predator in this, uh, that the, the only people that suffer are the participants because parents will keep forking out fucking money because they want their kid to do this or this because they have unfulfilled expectation or dreams in their life or whatever it is. Um, or they want their kid or to they have happy. a desperate need to have their kids succeed or right, whatever. Right. Like, or they want, that's yeah. Natural feeling, I think. But ultimately, you know, I just think everything is the wrong direction and the impetus for everything is the wrong direction. Um, playing in college, college scholarship, playing professionally, you know, whatever that is, there's such a limited amount of people that have the capacity to do that, um, that that should be the focus of very few and not the masses. Um, so I don't know. That's my two cents worth. But I, I think that really begs uh, uh, an important question here. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've already mentioned how I think that things should be like sort of restructured, but is there another possible outlet that could teach those similar skills that we're talking about, provide that similar camaraderie, uh, teach that winning and losing, doing those other things, or, you know, sort of like in other, we're talking about watching professional sports where like it's unique in that aspect, you know, is, is playing sports also unique in that aspect that it, it's sort of the only teacher of some of these, uh, it's, you know, soft skills or whatever you want to call them, but the things that we learn that aren't like the sport, but the things that we learn about how to be a part of team, how to win and lose, how to do these other things. I think, I think being involved in other things can do that, man. Like uh, I think music can do that. If you're, especially if you're a part of some sort of group where, uh, you know, other people are relying on you, it, even though there's no scorecard, there's no win or lose. Um, that, uh, you know, you, you do get that same feeling of camaraderie team, something, you know, greater than, uh, yourself. And, um, so I think that, you know, when I was in high school, you know, art was kind of that there was kind of a little, uh, click of people that kind of participated in that both in, in my high school and college. And, and that was kind of a thing as, as well. So I think there can be replacements. I don't think they're, um, necessarily, uh, equal at all um different right i mean that that competition is something that's really hard to achieve um if in anything that at least isn't uh kind of tangentially considered a sport a lot of times right yeah yeah and i think there's maybe a couple different aspects of it that you would have to try to recreate so i think there's the competitive piece which you can do with something like art or I don't know other things, but I think the like performance under pressure with a group of people, I think that's to me, I think that's probably the most unique thing about sports is when the game starts and you, you almost lose yourself a little bit and you have to figure it out. How do you recreate that? And maybe something like art or drama or something, I think probably being in a band too, when, when the show starts or something. Yeah, but like nobody's nobody in that situation is heckling you typically. Right? No, um, no, the, true. But, the, but there's still, but I, I feel like even, and Jason kind of mentioned it before when talking about your own team, there is some element, even when you're in youth sports, like control what you can control. I mean, there is another team, but like 
you have to control yourself as your own team. I mean, there isn't, there is an opponent, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, you have to kind of keep it together and deal with that wave of, you know, anxiety and I don't know, the, the surge of energy yeah. that comes your way. And I think you feel that probably if you're doing a play in high school or, you know, yeah, you, you're in a band or. Yeah. Whatever. But I think there, there's a, yeah, I still think there's kind of a, a yin to that, man. There's, there's, there's no competition against anyone. There's no, you have to bring it. You, you have to, you have to live up to the expectation that yeah. you've set or you're, that's probably exactly. 80% of it. And then there's 20% that you're, you can't you're lose against yeah. someone. Yeah. You can not do what you hoped you would, but yeah, right. there's no right. clear. Yeah. You're right. And nobody's cheering if you do. No. Or some assholes like, yeah, rooting against you if you flub your lines or whatever <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, I think in, in those ways it is a bit replaceable, unique, but, right? For the most yeah. part. So what I'm getting from this is that we need to add a heckler into plays. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and, so, and I'm always thinking about <laughs> my super successful band um, that I'm in. And I, I think we could use a heckler. I think that should be like <laughs> our fifth member. Yeah. Sometimes they have like a hype man. Like, um, Y'all fucking suck. Yeah. Pu- Public Enemy had uh, what's Flava his name? Flav. Flav Flav. Um, that we would have a heckler at all points, and the worse we played, the, the more like violent they got. Um, beer bottles, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's our thing. All right, we got it. I like it, <laughs> but maybe it is. I mean, maybe we haven't exhausted everything. There are some nerdy things that a lot of people do in high school that our school didn't do, like uh, model UN and debate stuff, and yeah. Our, sc- I think, our school is against the UN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's true. I mean, and I don't know if Henry Clay does this stuff, but they there are competitive stuff. outlets yeah. where you're putting yourself out there with teammates that aren't sports. I mean, yeah. and there is a competitor, you know. A lot of, th- there's a lot of overlap between model UN and debate, but like, uh, and there's another thing called KYA and Kuna, which are about like, seeing how the state legislature works and you like propose yeah. bills and, and things like that, try to get amendments passed and things like that. Um, debate, I think is probably the closest thing in terms of competition, uh, mm. to, to any of those. Um, and yeah, man, debate, you know, I, I, I've said it a million times, marching band and, and debate probably put in more hours than any sport, uh, um, at, at Henry Clay. Um, marching band is insane. They go from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. all summer long. Um, oh, it, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy the amount of hours that they spend. Um, you know, because they got the musical side, then they've got the marching side, they've got props, they've got color guard, the choreography. They're like, it's it's crazy. There's so many moving parts to it. Um, and then debate. It's, it's, they just they have to read so fucking much man they just come with like crates and crates of shit to read and then like it, like they've got some people that are just like you know they're they're you know they're all going to be lawyers because all they do is like code documents like yeah. oh this can be used for this can be used against this can be used like they you know and then you've got your most skilled orators up there delivering the debate and and going back and forth with people it, it's actually really phenomenal to watch um you know i we have 
we've we've won state in speech and debate like five years running i think um our our debate team is unreal and then um our theater program is awesome too so i get to see a lot of this stuff firsthand um and i think from a community aspect and a teamwork perspective and all that stuff i think all of that stuff equals uh sports the only thing that i will say is that there's a different mental capacity to exert yourself exhaust yourself both physically and mentally at the same time i feel like soccer is a thinking game as much as it is a physical game like you you can't play it and be unalert um you could say that with most sports, but like if your job is just to block the guy in front of you and you've got four different schemes that you're blocking, that's baseball is not. Uh, I was just, I was just like going to say at baseball, uh, you know, <laughs> if I, I played baseball, I, I don't know what sort of complex shifting they have going on these days, but like, you, you literally go where the coach points to. <laughs> right, I mean, it's right. not that so, complicated. Uh, 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 There's like a finite series of situations. It's for the discrete most events. It's just, yeah. Yeah. But it, what, if X happens, I do Y. But what I was going to say not is not like basketball or football. It is yeah, much more fluid. Having to make um, decisions under pressure when your heart rate is already up and like those yeah. things, I think that brings in a, a dynamic that is, you know, not necessarily anything you're ever going to encounter anywhere else in your life, but the ability to uh, be mentally clear while your your blood is pumping at that level and while emotions are going on and other stuff like that, I think is uh, is something that some sports bring to the table that you yeah. can't. And, and that comp- well, How about this? How about we do like, uh, like intense, like physical activity right before the debate starts so that you do get Deba- a chance. Debates on treadmills. Debates on treadmills. <laughs> oh, even better, man. <laughs> Debates on uh, treadmills. I'm or in. just, I'm in. yeah, it, yeah. Debates on that's probably the best idea. Debates on treadmills. Uh, you know, uh, spelling bee on a spin bike. Um, you know, <laughs> we got, uh, yeah, we could, we could definitely recreate some of these things. Um, I think, but it, you know, all in all, I, if we go back to the the, the first purpose, like, what, why, why do we have youth sports? What, what is the purpose of it? Does it serve something that that can't be? You know, all of this was about sports. Like, can sports fill something, fulfill something in our lives that can't be fulfilled elsewhere? And I think that we've all, I mean, I think we all agree that in some capacity, there's parts of it that can be, but not all of those parts can be. Like, it does offer something that's more complete than maybe some of those other things. You're talking about debates on treadmills, right? Yes. Yes, that's the but, new sport. But we we talked <laughs> around it before, but we didn't say it explicitly. And I think it ties a thread here when we talked about parents being over involved in youth sports. And there's a reason because the observer is emotionally connected and wants somebody to win. And I think if you think about things like Model UN or a play or even debate, like there's not that same mass audience participation where they would watch something and root and know what they wanted to happen. There's something about an outcome that's very clear that you want to happen. And then when it does, you're very happy. And when it doesn't, you're, you know, devastated. Like that is what sports gives, not just the people playing, but their parents or whoever else wants to watch. And 
it's hard to recreate that with other, I think, artistic endeavors, for better or worse. Unless fucking, you know, some band rocks it out, you know, in high school, and you're like, you know, monkey box rules. That's a fucking. Yeah, band. that's a we, we had hecklers band. with monkey box. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the battle of the bands. That, there is there is a situation where there there was different contingents yeah. there. I don't think we were swaying any votes that night. They all mm. came for either. Uh, I don't know what there was some that name. Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they I were forget, good. Yeah. I forget some of the names on Buzzard now. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that 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 wraps it up for the the sports segment. Do we want to uh, get into the traditions? I didn't. I, have I feel one. like we. I feel like I'm, I'm down to keep chatting. I don't know if I need. Yeah, to I was gonna say I don't. Go I didn't different. have anything intelligent to say yeah. about that to start ne- with. Neither um, do I. I'm, <laughs> I. You said, I was glad you said that in your notes. I was like, I had spent like 20 minutes on this and I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, was I like, did. Uh, Here's what I did. Concentric circles of, you know, like religion and country and schooling and university <laughs> to see where they like meet. And that's where like traditions really foment, but it doesn't mean anything. That's know. for a different that's podcast, I think. <laughs> What's that? It's for a different podcast. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I was gonna say we just need some newer Christmas songs, man. They're all from like the '40s and '50s, and uh, it, it's I'm sick of them. They're kind of Poor bullshit. Phil Spector. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I uh, I was not the product of post-war uh, baby making, and I uh, need lots of things about Christmas to change, and that's top of the list. 